In the last episode of Ekpat's podcast, Ending the Silence on Child Sexual Exploitation, we interviewed Corinne Detmeyer from the Netherlands. Corinne is nominated to be one of the new experts of the United Nations Committee on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, and we discussed violations of girls' and women's rights worldwide and how we can work better to protect them from violence, discrimination, and sexual exploitation. In this short bonus episode, we'll meet three youth activists working in their own countries on the same issues as Corinne. We have Jana from North Macedonia and Miata and Isaac, engaged in the work of ECPAT's member in Liberia. This episode is produced with support from the Girls Advocacy Alliance, an initiative of Plan International Netherlands, Tides Homes Netherlands and Defense for Children, ECPAT Netherlands, which is funded by the Dutch Ministry of Foreign Affairs. We would also like to thank La Strada International, International Women's Rights Action Watch and DCI Liberia for their kind support. Welcome and let's go! Uh, well, hi, I'm uh, Jana Todorovska. Okay, so Isaac, my name. I'm Niatai. I'm 16 years of age. I'm from Liberia and I'm a youth advocate advocating on the rights and protection of girls and young women. Uh, I'm currently living and working in North Macedonia. Um, I'm a student at the moment at the Faculty for Family Studies in North Macedonia. But I'm also working in the Association for Action Against Violence and Trafficking in Human Beings, Open Gate La Strada, which is a leading non-governmental organization in North Macedonia, which works on the issues of uh, sexual violence and uh, human trafficking. I am the current chairperson-elect of the National Children and Youth Advisory Board of Liberia. So basically, we look into the issue of child marriage. Um, we also look at um, FGM, speaking against FGM, but then basically it is done through the advocacy strength, like I told you, where we call for dialogue with the traditional people because basically uh, they are the main problems when it comes to child marriage in Liberia and FGM. We also look at other forms of violence, like um, street vendoring. In other words, like librarians would say, street begging. There are lots of children in Liberia currently who are engaged with street begging as a result of them being trafficked internally, that is between counties. Well, I've been advocating for children's rights, children and women, wherein we have been raising awareness campaign within our communities, making our colleagues and parents knowledgeable about those issues that are affecting girls and young women around the world. And also telling parents that they should not give their girls' children out into the early child marriage. And also people should not just come and be the false pretend of saying, oh, I want this child, I want to carry this child. Most often it is in the false pretend when people take them to the urban area, they take them and carry them to news them as sex slave to make them work sexually in the street. So we are, we are continuing to carry on our awareness in the community, making parents and our colleagues knowledgeable. And we have been having radio talk shows, calling on local and national government 
for the implementation of those laws that protect and promote girls' rights, and also for girls and women should participate into political, social, and economic decision making within the country. What would you say is the biggest challenge in the work that you're doing in Liberia at the moment? I will want to begin with a kind of a thing that is very prevalent in Liberia, because especially when you're talking about rape or sexual gender-based violence, uh, you, you look at the issue of harmful traditional practices. For instance, you will see that in Liberia, a child is given to marriage at the age of 12 years old. Once you know, it is um, been noticed by those parents that uh, the breasts have started to be shorn and other parts of the body have become mature, though the age hasn't actually reached to that age of maturity, that child is given to marriage. It is a kind of a cultural practice in Liberia, which I consider a harmful traditional practice. We as youth advocates, one of the challenges that we face again is that you notice that when we are going out there for our awareness, so we are speaking against us, especially traditional practices, people threatening our life, saying all such words to us, telling us that if we speak against, like say, child marriage or, or harmful traditional practices, they will uh, do something else to us that we won't believe they threaten our life. So that is the challenge that we really face right now. And what is inspiring you in your work? <laughs> uh, very interesting uh, question. Well, to be honest, I'm involved in this work since my teenage years. And um, what inspires me the most is when I uh, when I see um, when I see especially young people, my peers, uh, uh, really getting interested in the topic and really uh, finding out new things and um, uh, getting uh, getting involved in the work of spreading the word amongst amongst them to, on uh, how to to prevent it, how to educate themselves on it, and how how, how shocked they are when they actually find out what is happening in the world, and um, the action that they take to to get themselves involved directly in uh, in activities. To, to somehow educate others and prevent them. Basically, kind of like the, the snowball, snowball system where I spread a word and then the word is spread amongst uh, many, many, many other people. And this is um, last year I worked on a really big project, um, Youth in Action, where we, uh, from Open Gate, we uh, were working with um, uh, many uh, teams of uh, youth who were creating their own um, awareness raising campaigns on the topic of trafficking and just to see their their path from kind of uh, having a small amount of, uh, of knowledge on the topic and uh, going to the highest amounts of uh, sp making their own actions and really being motivated and uh, kind of involving themselves directly within, within our work and a change. That's what motivates me the most, making my peers active and making them really um, big actors of change within their small societies. What actually inspired me to start working for girls' rights is that, you know, we all as humans, we have feelings. And then 
on a daily basis, you hear all oh, the other child have been raped. Certain two months old babies who are not even they, they are not even mature yet. You hear all oh, the other girl child have been given into forced marriage. She is not achieving education, quality education. So what I told you why is that I think it will be possible that I too should help girls to speak on human rights issues that are affecting them because I cannot be going to school. Then I see my fellow or friends out there selling in the street, you know, it really pains my heart. So that's why I really motivated me to speak on human rights issues that are affecting girls within Liberia. My elder auntie was raped and my family, along with other, you know, people who were actually leaders of our town, decided to compromise the case. And today, my auntie is no longer able to give birth to a child medically. So that alone um, really served as a motivation to, to me engaging advocates for women and children in Liberia. I feel that I must be able to sacrifice in my own way possible to ensuring that those who are not even able to speak out can have a voice out there. And one of those voices will be Isaac. Once you come from a family where one way or the other you have been marginalized, that alone pushes you to really take another stand. And that is just the kind of a person I have become.